you're listening to the Padawan Perspective Podcast, a multi-generational Star Wars experience. Brought to you by the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Division Podcast Network. With your hosts, Mark, Barrett, Taylor, and Farrow. Join us as we discuss the Rebels TV show on Disney XD, as well as Star Wars fandom across the galaxy. On the Padawan Perspective, the multi-generational podcast of the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Podcast Division. Welcome to the Padawan Perspective, your multi-generational podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jedi Master Mark Erleman, and joining me today, we've got my Padawan daughter, Taylor Jade. Hello. And from our Southern Cali Jedi Enclave, we have Jedi Master Baron Lawton and his Padawan Pharaoh. Hello. Greetings, greetings. As well as our own Star Wars Celebration Orlando correspondent, Glenn Stein. Hello again. So now that everybody's here, uh, well, let's get right into it. Taylor has a story. She just got back from dance competition literally about 30 minutes ago, was rushing to get back to talk about all this Star Wars celebration action, but it has a little story of her own. Yes. So I went to my second dance competition within this past two weeks. And while I was here, we were all getting ready to go compete and everything. And all of a sudden I had somebody come up from behind me and was all like, excuse me. And I turned around and then they're all like, uh, you're the daughter of Mark Herleman, right? And I'm all, yes. And she's like, so that would make you Taylor Herleman, right? And I'm all, yes. And she's all like, oh my gosh, one moment. I need to like calm myself real fast. And I was all like, okay. Like I was really confused and stuff for a minute because I was right about, about to compete and everything. She's all like, I watch your podcast. This is a Padawan's perspective. And I'm like, I'm probably like one of your biggest fans. Oh, really? So what's your name? And she's like, oh, it's Alec. Can I get a picture with you? Sure. So I got to meet a fangirl at my dance com- competition. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, hi, Alex, if you're listening. We're thankful that you're a, a fan and glad that you were able to recognize Taylor. Barrett, you and Pharaoh got to do something unique down to L.A., didn't you? A scum and villainy cantina of some sort? You guys got some details on that? Scum and villainy cantina. When did we first bring this up? Well, how months? How many months ago did we buy the tickets for this? A, a while ago. It was, I don't know, like three months? It's been a while. It's actually last November or October where... Ooh. Last October and November, something out there on the web that there was going to be a scum and villainy cantina that was going to be in the heart of downtown Los Angeles, or the heart of Hollywood, not downtown. In the heart of Hollywood, it was this big secret thing. It cost $50 a ticket. The tickets were pre-sale, no refunds. With the ticket, you got two free drinks, you got a glass, and you got a t-shirt. All ages. Scum and villainy cantina, we were very excited. Ask us how it went. <laughs> How did it go? Would you like to make the honors, young Padawan? Go ahead. Okay. We went with our friend Perry to there, and, you know, we thought it was going to be this cool Star Wars thing, but we went in there, and it was, like, no one was dressed up in Star Wars costumes, like, it was all crowded, the atmosphere was, like, I don't know, it was cloudy, you know, it, it was like, they, it wasn't even Star Wars, it was like they, they, they just had a, a bar, and they slapped a Star Wars name on it to sell it. It was 
pretty <laughs> terrible. The way to enter, you had to enter this to this back alley that smelled of oh. bantha poodoo. Once you get in, it's a very small space. They didn't play any Star Wars music. They kind of had the bar kind of look like the cantina, but it was very it was very crowded. None of the people that worked there were dressed in Star Wars costumes. It was like a very weak light show and some fog. The drinks were were very sweet it was like tex-mex like you could order nachos and like quesadillas and stuff like that it was pretty bad i mean they charge twenty dollars a head just to come in for walk-ins and then you still had to pay for your drinks basically we paid fifty dollars a ticket for a t-shirt and a glass which is a real cool glass and a t-shirt and a coin this cantina is run by con men like they're just taking the money and running they 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 put minimal effort minimal effort I spoke to a guy named JC who was one of the promoters of the venue and he basically said that, you know, they just got started and it'll get better as the time goes on. And so I'm thinking, you know, we, did we get punished for being one of the first ones to come? Like we're punished for coming early? Is well, that it's what like obviously me? they're not talking to the 501st enough because you know I, I heard about the 501st bash at Celebration Orlando. I mean, clearly you got to have the right people. Oh yeah, I mean you could do it. It his his excuse was they didn't want to get sued by Lucasfilm, but they they put minimal effort. Uh, I mean they could have had they could have had anything anything in there, and it was just a, a total disaster. It was everybody I spoke with coming out of the venue was was very disappointed it just was not what they hyped up and shame on you shame on you scum and villainy cantina shame on you well that's kind of dangerous to think about the fact that they're worried about being sued by lucasfilm and you go into this thinking that they would be working somehow with them or under their okay i mean when you're doing a big event and you're actually taking money for it, you would think that they've got some kind of permission there. I mean, what we're doing is a is a pad a Padawan perspective podcast. We're we're not charging any money. We're just giving this away for free. Like they're charging you guys money. Like I I get for the shirt and for the glass. I don't know. You're betting on on the environment there. And if they're not providing that, like I don't I don't know how much better it can get if they're worried about Lucasfilm. I mean, if they're not going to reach out to the five hundred first and stuff for that same fear. How how better can it get? Doctor Whoish? You know, it, it could have been so easy for them to do anything. Like the the people in Rogue One and The Force Awakens, they're they're just common people. I mean, it, it, it's not you don't have to dress up in a in a R two D two or a Jedi uniform or anything. You're right. The I mean, people it's just a cloth. Yeah, the people in Rogue One were just dressed in common kind of future Star Wars clothes. They could have had their people dressed like that. Their bartenders were dressed in the black like spandex body suit and. They really didn't even care. You know what I mean? I would give it a thumbs down. I would probably give it a thumbs down. I mean, I, I, I was expecting more out of it. Worse than any Rebels or Clone Wars filler episode ever, I would say. Worse than Gascon. Yeah, well, if I were to go to one of those, I would expect like some Twi'lek dancers or more costume than just a little throw-together little thing. Yeah, maybe get some droids or something. No, I mean, whoever's you know putting that on, they clearly need to get a hold of the Rebel Legion, the droid builders, the 501st, get a hold of the fan groups that know what they're doing. I mean, these 
these groups of individuals have been doing this out of passion for so long that Lucasfilm comes to them. Yeah, I don't think the File First Rebel Legion would support that endeavor. I mean, but they sort of played off of Star Wars to get people to go. I mean, I think Barrett was pretty much right when he said con. It definitely <laughs> sounds like it was a con. It doesn't seem like perhaps as bad as the uh, Fire Festival or whatever that what thing was in the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. They just sort of, they just like implied that it was actually going to be a Star Wars thing when it wasn't. I mean, they didn't even have, like, theme-named drinks or anything like that, is what you seem to be saying? Well, they... Okay, well, the theme-named drinks was, like, Vulcan's blood, right? What? Yeah, and then when I talked to the guy, I was like, why is it Vulcan blood? He's like, well, it's a play on, you know, we don't get along with Star Trek, so we're drinking the blood of our enemies. And I'm like, bro, just call it Blue Milk. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you're going to get sued for blue milk? Put some Arabish writing on the wall. Put a wanted poster on the wall. Anything. Wow. I mean, anything. Get some furry animal, jungle animals, put something together. I mean, it was nothing like that. It was just, it was terrible. Well, Lucasfilm probably said no, too, to they, whatever it was they were trying to do. They had two-hour appointments. So from like 6 to 8, and then they would get people out, and then from like 9 to 11. Nobody stayed there past the, ha- the first half hour. Everybody was gone past the first hour because there's nothing to see. Wow. So Highlight on the villainy. So every episode we ask the Padawans a question, and this week we ask, what do you guys look forward to about Celebration? You know, we sent Glenn. Glenn, he gathered a plethora of news about everything Star Wars. What are the things that you're most looking forward to? At every Celebration, there's always, um, you know, the actors and voice actors and writers and directors and everybody that have has worked on previous Star Wars titles. So I'm, I'm just... I'm ex- kind of excited for the people that are going to be there. You know, the the famous people. You can get pictures, meet new people, get autographs. So that that's 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 cool. I love seeing the characters about how everybody like creates their own costumes. It's just really cool to see everybody with the new costumes and stuff. I like the costumes too at a celebration. They they're like the best costumes because hardly anybody dresses up, but the people who do, they put all their time and all their effort into it. So I have a question for Glenn. What's your favorite thing to see there or what's your favorite thing you've actually seen there? If that makes sense. I said that really weird. Are, are we talking specifically this year or ever? Yeah. Not that- well, you could do this year and ever. It's really the, the thing that, that I mostly look forward to at the conventions is finding out things about the new movie, which of course we had three celebrations where it was, there was a movie. And th- I think we had what three celebrations where there was no movie. And then we've had two celebrations where there is an upcoming movie, so it's a little bit different for uh, you know for four, five, and six, uh, where there was new movie, no new movie coming out. That's kind of what I don't like about these last two being in April when the movie comes out in December is that there's no merchandise for those new movies basically that's available. I'm interested in seeing like the celebrities, you know, the actors that you know haven't been to celebration before, panels where they talk about their experience and what they've done. And of course it's great to see people that I know and mostly contact, you know, on the internet and you know to actually see them in person. Celebration is pretty much the only time I see most of those people. I love the yeah. swag. <laughs> all the beautiful swag, stuff we all get. Free buttons, free pins, the exclusives, you know, I pick up all kind of Death Star exclusives and stuff, and and they had all kind, they had a Yavin medal this last celebration. I mean, all the swag that has got to be my favorite stuff. And then you grab all this swag, 
And then all the people that didn't get to go, you get to send them little stuff here and there. I got a care package. The Star Wars Action News family that went to Star to the uh, convention in Orlando, and they sent me all this stuff, man. And it's like they sent. What did you get? You got Nathan P. Butler sent Pharaoh. Was it the book? The book. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I got that book. Is it is it a book with a blue face? And a signature on it? It is. It is that. We we just barely got that in the mail and we opened it and it was it was it was it was Thrawn's face. It was nice. But able to send people swag and get swag for people who don't go, I mean I think that's probably my favorite part of a celebration. Yeah, with that, let's get to the meat, man. Glenn, so you got to go, you were our our Boston reporter on the ground. You got to go to a couple different panels and stuff. You know, just give us a quick rundown of your experience, where you went, what you did, and then, uh, you know, dwell into each panel that you want to. Oh, wow. There's there's so much to talk about. Thursday was really the big problem day in the morning that they had no idea what they were doing with the lines. I got there at 5.30, got in, got a wristband, not the main stage, not the Galaxy stage, but the uh, celebration stage where it's going to have streaming the 40th anniversary panel the line was like all the way around the building almost announced that they would let media people in so i barely got into the building before 11 o'clock before the panel started and i didn't manage to actually get up into the the room until about 11 30 maybe but i think it started late so i understand you went to a lot of panels this past weekend and that you went to the 40th anniversary panel um what was your favorite thing about that panel there was a lot of things about that panel um I think the thing that I liked the most really was that John Williams showed up at the very end, which was a shock, the shocking person that Harrison Ford also showed up. But I heard, uh, I, I think it was maybe Warwick Davis was telling this story or, or somebody that Mark and Harris just getting ready to leave because they didn't realize that John Williams was actually there in the building. They didn't even know. They thought they were like beaming it in from somewhere else. I know there was a Star Wars concert at Celebration 2, but I don't think John Williams was there. Whenever John Williams walked on stage, how hype was everybody? Like, what was the energy? The crowd went crazy. I mean, I was in the, you know, the streaming room, and we were like, oh my gosh, is, wait, he's here? And But the people in the room, I mean, I think there's a lot of difference from being in the room versus being in the streaming. Because, like, I think in the room, there was a whole lot more crying than was like in the streaming because you were there in the room with the person that was telling you these things or saying these things. It was a lot more uh, a tactile sort of experience. People were like hoping or maybe thinking maybe George Lucas will show up. You know, maybe outside chance Harrison Ford shows up. I don't think anybody had it on their radar that John Williams might show up and uh, conduct the orchestra and do three songs. Nobody expected that. The celebration that we went to last time, Mark and I and our Padawans, they showed a clip of the force awakens did you guys get to see a clip of the last jedi that was uh the last jedi panel that was on friday oh so you, there was a uh, different pedal panel last jedi panel were you able to go to that one i watched some of it like on the screen from inside the uh, exhibit hall i actually just watched the panel this morning um the whole thing <laughs> and i and i felt like i'd seen a lot of it like like replayed through clips or other things you know i didn't see i didn't actually see all of the trailer until like the closing ceremonies anything else in the 40th anniversary panel that really stood out besides all of the actors basically all of our childhood actors all of the original trilogy actors on stage i don't even think we got that at san diego comic-con there definitely wasn't billy d williams george was there but i think what really stood out was i mean to me was billy lord you know she came out they sort of did this like video montage tribute to carrie and they had like i think like maybe mark or somebody else had some 
you know, quotes and some clips they showed of them. You know, then Billy Lord came out. You know, some people may have been expecting that or whatever. And she came out. And she said, you know, she talked about how the fans meant so much to her mother and to her. And, and then she told this, started singing, you know, there are three important things that my mother told me that I needed, to, you know, to taught me. And then the first thing her mother said, if life wasn't funny, it would just be real. And that's unacceptable. I honestly don't remember what the third thing was that, and she like held her composure because it was like everybody was like people were breaking down all over the place about it, and uh, she was just there and held her composure, and it was really cool just to see her there because she hasn't. I don't think this is. I think it was like really her first like public appearance since her mother died. I know they had a memorial out in Los Angeles, and she didn't. I don't believe she attended that. I mean, I'm sure she went to the the funeral, but that wasn't really a public thing. So I think this is like her first time that she's been out. Apparently, she has a really cool pictures of like her with with Harrison and Mark from backstage. Her mother and her grandmother both passed. So to yeah. be able to live with that, it, you know, there's that's probably the reason why I mean, we haven't yeah. seen her. But she, I, from what I saw online, she really did a good job. She really is holding true to her mother's legacy. She really looked like a princess up there. So it was it yeah. was like a tearjerker, you know. So I hear that you went to Animated Origin. Is this true? Yeah, they, this was a, a this was actually the next panel after uh, the 40th anniversary panel. This is sort of just a little behind the scenes, like the original sketches, you know, of Maul, and they sort of showed this really cool sort of initial sketch, you know, Kenobi on one side of the fire and Maul on the other side of the fire. And then they showed a lot of the storyboards in that and talked about they felt that they really needed to finish a small story and the only appropriate way to do it was with Kenobi. The previous celebration, they showed us Bad Batch. The uncompleted episodes in the untold Clone Wars story. Right. They had untold. And so here, we didn't get four episodes. We didn't get, an episode. we didn't get a full episode. But we got this scene with Cad Bane facing off against Boba Fett. Yeah, and I saw that. They both shoot at the same time, basically, and... Boba Fett's helmet gets knocked off, and there's sort of this burning uh, hole on the top of the helmet, which is, as if you remember Boba Fett from what we've seen before, has this big dent in, on his helmet. Well, now we know how he got it. And, which, uh, it's cool in the aspect of when I went and saw the Untold one, I took my son Gavin, and Filoni was talking about how they had this big story arc for Cad Bane and Boba Fett, and right. they were going to, to uh, show us how Boba Fett was basically trained under Cad Bane because Cad Bane had always saw himself and Jango Fett as the best of the best, but they had never proved who was the best. And because Jango had died before they could settle that bet, he took it on himself to train Boba the rest of the way so he could settle that. So I was like, the fact that they played that as the clip, I was like, that's that's awesome. That is so cool. In this clip, Boba Fett has the uh, armor that we're used to seeing. He has the you know the green helmet and the you know the armor that we're used to. Now all my Boba Fett questions are answered. Except, um, how did Boba Fett survive the the Sarlacc pit? <laughs> uh, okay, is that is that is that gonna? Be- this was a, a clip from Clone Wars, so this is well before that. Right, but Coloni seems to be answering all of these questions, so maybe we'll get how he survived. Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, <laughs> once George said, you know, like most recently that, oh yeah, he got out of the Sarlacc pit. But he, uh, I, I think he was not really caring because he had said before, no, Boba Fett's dead. Um, yeah, so Pharaoh, you got to take solace in Legends, man. That's the only right. way he got out of that pit. They had an exclusive Boba Fett Sarlacc plushie at Celebration this year. That might say something. <laughs> yeah, he's in the Sarlacc and he's stuck. 
so Glenn, what day did the Rebels panel like happen? What 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 day was it? No, that was that was uh, Saturday morning. We saw an episode that probably is the season premiere, but I guess they didn't really actually say that specifically. Something part one. Was it uh, a half hour long or was it an hour long episode? It was it was like twenty two minutes. Ah, so um, it was just a regular episode. Now so, we're not going to ask you what you saw in that episode because we don't want to spoil it for our listeners. Okay? Was it exciting? Was it everything you expected? Were you disappointed? Just kind of give us a general idea of oh, what you saw. Not yeah. anything specific, any characters or anything like that. Just your general, how you felt about it after you, after you saw it. Oh, I can't answer that. Question. You can't even answer if you were excited? I can't you... answer. I cannot. For, for, well, the, the last part of the question, I can't answer that question. Because it's very spoilery to say that. Dave said they showed it because it's the only episode that they have completed. That was the only one completed. That sounds vague and unconvincing, really. Because they had all those episodes kind of half partially done way before well, have, the Clone Wars got canceled, and it just seems like they don't have any but one episode. Well, I don't think they're working nearly as far in advance on But the this, premiere's in but, the fall. The premiere's only in, like, four months. Well, yeah, that's plenty of time. Not what I understand. I understand that it takes months, eight months, nine months to put together one show. So All the voice acting has been recorded. You know, they just aren't completely, you know, rendered yet. You know, some mm. of them. I just find that very interesting. That, uh... But that's, that's what he said later on. I mean, it was really exciting. We had a, it was a very uh, action, action-packed episode. We saw a Clone Wars character make their Rebels debut in the episode. Oh, wow. Please not Jar Jar. Please not Jar Jar. Please not Jar Jar. I, I wouldn't recover to Jar Jar as a Clone Wars character. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's a Clone Wars character, episode one. I call him you know, a lot of things, and Clone Wars character would yeah, be the nicest of them of- all. Right. So, I mean, it was it was a really uh, some kind of intense scenes and we got to see a lot of things that sort of had been hinted at some previous episodes. You know, it sort of is the, the, the sort of the culmination of a lot of things. You, if you wanted to predict something that would happen in season four, you could probably predict a lot of generally what happens in this episode. I don't know what the but, hell that means, Glenn, but uh... well, there are lots of, of there are lots of, I mean, yes, there are all sorts of things that could happen in season four, but there are things from the previous seasons that, you know, this follows on after these sort of things that were left kind of open-ended at the end of season three. And I'm not like finding a new rebel base. I mean, I'm talking about things that we haven't really, we don't have any idea what happens. Oh, awesome. Nice. Awesome. good. Any surprises from the, from the rebels panel? I mean, besides obviously the, the premiere but any other surprises? Uh, Do you get to see any voice actors that came out? I mean, they had they had the the main cast: Freddie Prince Jr., Vanessa Marshall, Steve Bloom, Taylor Gray, and Tia Sirkar. I had all five of them come out. Warwick Davis hosted the panel. Oh. I think maybe he came out later. Maybe he was hosting the panel. I forget. But uh, he's going to be in. He's going to be in uh, the Clone Wars. I mean, in Star Wars Rebels, uh, the upcoming season. Warwick Davis. Is so, are we going to be see Wicked? Maybe he is playing a legend character yeah he's rook he's playing a nogri rook the the yes, bearded the gray bearded rook? out no 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 gray beard the the, the nogri bodyguard of thrones that took thrawn out in legends is back 
Wow, that's huge. I can't believe we got to see him. Oh, and of course, the one thing, you know, as it refers to you is that T.S. Sarker said, I, know, I thought it was awesome when I got a jet pack. Yeah, about time. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what T.S. said. She should have said, um, she should have said uh, uh, men got their jet packs 17 cents on the dot. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Last time we talked, we were talking about Lego Freemaker Adventures and seeing if they were going to come out with season two. Right, and the day after we recorded that episode, they officially announced season two, and they had a, a panel on Sunday. Gosh, I don't even remember who was actually on the panel. They had the composer, Michael Kramer, and they actually showed uh, scoring season two, which took place in Nashville. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, and also the cool thing is that somebody had actually made Roger, and they took <laughs> him, they, they, they seated him, he sat in the front row. Um, at the very, very end of the panel, Matt Wood came out, and he was, like, so impressed. Now, the Lego Freemaker Adventures is a new show and didn't quite get as much hype as, say, the Yoda Lego Chronicles. So how was this panel's vibe when you were in there? Was there a lot of people in the panel? Lego is the number one seller of toys right now, and they're making some great video games. So you would think that their panel would be packed. So what was the vibe in the panel? Uh, was What was the crowd like there? You know, I was towards the very front. I don't think it was terribly full. I mean, I'm sure maybe half full at most, maybe. I mean, there was a, a good audience of people there that were that were very interested in, in, in the show. Uh, I know Amy Ratcliffe was hosting because of nice. the behind-the-scenes stage. The the cool thing that really I learned really is that they were talking about, you know, how this is, you know, all new characters and everything. Season 2, they uh, takes place between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and they've joined the Rebellion. This is one of those things that falls in a weird quasi-canon thing, because they say everything's canon now, but it's a Lego show, so it doesn't take right, itself it that seriously. There, yeah, there's no brick separator in uh, in Star Wars, <laughs> but there is in this show. You know, yeah. that, it, so okay, it's nice I mean, to know that they have the models for a canon version because, like, me and Native talked about this on Beyond the Films of will there be a canon equivalent where they officially say, yes, these guys do exist in canon. They're not just how you see them in Legos. They're more like this, kind of like how with the KOTOR game, you know, you had different versions of who Revan was, but there was a canonical version. You know, it was like, well, he was the male human well, version. Well, I think that the thing is, is that the way they present things in the show can't be canon because, you know, ships don't work like they, you know, you don't put ships together like with bricks and somehow have an engine that works, you know? Yeah. Well, it's you obviously, know, it's definitely obviously not canon. And the, right. the, the Lego right. Freemaker Adventures is kind of giving me the same vein as like the Ewoks or like the droids where they've kind of put something out, but it's like I said, it's not really getting much hype and I don't know. The quality, is the quality going to be there? I think our listeners are going to have to stay tuned because we will be covering the first season of the Lego Adventures, Freemaker Adventures, this summer, right? For our summer programming. Oh, we're going yeah. back to season one? Season yeah, one? Yeah, back to season one. Okay. So it's actually... Uh, <laughs> I see so, how excited you are about that, Glenn. They're actually going to put it... They're putting out short, or at least they're starting on, on May 4th with one of them. Five shorts right. to bridge the gap to the season to sort of show what happened between season one and season two. And then I think the season is going to start in July is when uh, everybody else will get to see the premiere because um, they did show us the premiere, season two. We'll be definitely yeah. covering that. We'll be covering it a little slower, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's all at the Padawan's pace. I mean, in, in, the, in the trailer, Hera shows up. 
And so the question is, is well, does that mean that she really lives all the way through to Empire Strikes Back? And it's like, well, maybe. And, you know, it doesn't, it's the show is kind of canon. You know, it's like canon adjacent is what they like to say. It may mean that, but maybe it just doesn't. They're not, they're not See, really beholden to what they do in this show. And that's the thing. I wish they would just cement, just say, you know, the Legos is its own universe. That's fine. We can have a force. You know, we've got Legends itself. We've got now Legos. We've got Infinities. And we've got Canon. That's cool. I'm down with that. But just come forward they, and say it. I mean, they are saying that. They just don't want... Well, I think what the, the thing is, is that they are saying, they really are saying that. But they don't want to say it's not Canon and then people will not watch it because it's not Canon. But... There, you know, it's basically, you know, things that happen in canon affect this show. So if we have, they can't all of a sudden decide that Luke didn't survive Empire Strikes Back, you know, and so Luke can't show <laughs> up in, in this either, right? They can't do that. Like, or a sing, let's say that. They, you know, they can't have her show up in this, and then all of a sudden we have her die in season four of Rebels. You know, oops, you know, that... Yeah, it can't work. Well, you know, not that I know that. Not that I know that she's in season four. I just that was just a a character that I thought of. Glenn, what were your overall convention thoughts, and how did the Rebels' presence compare to the Clone Wars' presence at the other celebrations? I would actually have to say that the Rebels' presence was really a lot more than the Clone Wars' presence really ever was. They had all five uh, of the main cast members were there. Plus, they had Governor Price, whose name I can never seem to remember what it is. They had her, and there may have been some, some, you know, even additional voice actors there. And, you know, at the at the last celebration, when Rebels was, I, think, I mean, when Clone Wars was still on, they still, they had, like, nobody, really. I mean, they had hosts and you know ashley was there and james was there because they were working the convention but you know they really didn't have a lot of voice cast there and even um at celebration six which was like in the heart of the the show they still only had like a very small number of the cast like five maybe or something so i really felt like there was a lot more rebels i'm not sure how much in terms of people walking around wearing rebels well with captain rex I did see two different people cosplaying as Captain Rex from Rebels. So my overall convention thoughts, I thought it was a really, it was, in general, it was a really good convention. We got, you know, the 40th anniversary panel was a huge highlight, I think. Then, of course, we also had the Last Jedi panel, where we learned a little bit about The Last Jedi and did get to see the actual footage from the movie. We still don't exactly know what The Last Jedi means. Luke says in the teaser, it's time for the Jedi to end, which means that Luke is the last Jedi because Rey is going to be something that's not a Jedi. From the trailer, we can definitely tell who Rey's parents are. It's Superman because they she definitely stole that move. Rey, from Superman. reach out with the Force. Feel this island. Feel the planet. Now move us towards the core. Oh. No, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's it's it's. I think it's pretty definitely Luke, but well, I don't think that's no, no, right. I think it's Leia. Right I think it's Leia. Leia's the mother. I, I think that she is uh, like an immaculate birth. Like you have, like, yeah, they're not going to do that again. I'm Why sorry, not? They just gave it's us a Death happen. Star that was bigger. That's the third Death Star we got. They're not going to do it again. They will do it again. There's no reason. The <laughs> thing is, see- but there's no dark side presence that's pushing the balance, the force out of balance to have a you know. They'll make one make the go make a kid again. I will be surprised if we don't see a sand <laughs> tauntaun get cut in half for ice <laughs> on this one. Because they we better redo. see the Vong at some point. That's all I'm saying. If they we're going to repeat everything, yeah. So I mean, they don't they no. just don't tell. It's Leia. It's Leia is her mom. Leia is the mom, and no, Han is not the sense. dad. And that's why Han left. No. And you'll find out. That's what it is. You'll see. That's my prediction. But Padawans. You guys saw the, the trailer. What did you guys think of the trailer? It blew my mind. I wasn't expecting him to say Luke to say that. 
I honestly thought he was going to be like, it's time for the Jedi to come back. I wasn't expecting him to freaking say the Jedi to end. Ah, <laughs> This is true. I watched her mouth and the jaw just dropped and almost hit the floor. She was like, what? I'm like, yep, that's how I felt. The The trailer's called The Last Jedi, but I I, I kind of want the Jedi to stay around. I mean, who doesn't? That's, that's the point of Star Wars. Did you get the feeling from the trailer that the Jedi weren't going to be around anymore? Or do you think that was kind of a red herring that that's not really going to be about that? I think that it's... It's kind of a like a metaphor, maybe. I don't know. For the time, that's the last Jedi, but somebody is going to train up and, and be another Jedi. I think because uh, nowadays everybody has pretty general training. Because, you know, the, the blind guy could be a Jedi. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. They're going to be like, oh, they're going to try to, like, make the Jedi disappear, have them become non-existent. They're going to be, like, at the end, we're now realizing how much we need the Jedi end up keeping them. Mm -hmm. To me, it does not make sense for Luke to say the Jedi has to end and for him to keep that thought. Maybe at first, but he's going to come around. Because... No, I think it is. The Jedi were extinct before he became, before he trained, they were extinct. He's yeah, but what if he back. finds... Just like Kylo Ren and the First Order aren't Sith, the people who use the Force for good don't have to be Jedi. And I think that's really all that he means. It's not like, oh, we're not going to use the Force anymore. No, the Jedi had flaws, as we know, and they sort of led to their downfall. And he made tried to make a Jedi Order, and he had a training academy, and we don't exactly know what went wrong. But, you know, he's gone, he's done, he's gone... You know, in search of the first Jedi Temple, he's learned all these things about the Jedi since last we saw him. Maybe he's decided that, hey, we needed to go in, a, in another direction. Maybe he's just like, you know, have a smaller number that we have trained no matter what. But what so, are you going to call yourself? You don't call yourself the Jedi? What are you going to call yourself? The Lodi? I mean, come on, Luke. He's going to come around. The Jedi are force for good just because he messed up or we don't even know what happened. Well, you that's know? just it. I mean, okay, even Glenn even happened. said it. He goes back, he looks out for the first Jedi temples. We don't know anything about the origin of the Jedi or the Sith. I mean, we know things from legends, but for all we know, the Jedi and the Sith were just a schism from some earlier order where one went light, one went dark, and the two have been at war ever since, and Luke figured that out. Luke walked away. Maybe Luke is discovering that we need to go back to something even older. So, Glenn, we really appreciate you being our special events reporter. And I, I hope that they treat you, they treated you very well there with your press pass. And sounds like you had a lot of fun, man. We really, really appreciate it. And any time that you want to report on an event for us, let us know. I'm happy to report on anything Star Wars. I don't necessarily know what I have coming up. Once I have something, I'll, I'll let you know. And of course, you know, we have some uh, Free Maker Adventure stuff coming up real soon. So that wraps up this episode of the Padawan's Perspective. We'd like to thank Glenn for coming on and everyone who joined us today. You can find our episodes directly on the Star Wars Report Second Airborne Podcast at www.starwarsreport.com. Until next time, I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong. Bye. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> what a great show. Thank you for listening to our show. For more content, please like our Facebook and Twitter pages. Theme song by Subconscious Tunes. Announcement by Brock.
sponsored by War Machine Marketing. Remember, you can find the Padawan Perspective and all the Star Wars Report Second Airborne Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Just say bastards. They said you lucky bastards got to see the rebels. (laughs) Alright, take a breath. (laughs) Take a breath. The Rebel season premiered. Did you actually get to see that? You uh, yes. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. We did. Well, Pharaoh is cracking up over here. Pharaoh is cracking up every time you okay. you make your point. You get so close to the mic the microphone. He's like, "Is Glenn swallowing his microphone?" Because you're like, "It's not moving." Yeah, that's what you just did it right there. I was like, "Glenn," you were like, "But no." But no! <laughs> Pharaoh is cracking up. It's, it's just thinks, weird, like, uh, it's not, like, right in front of me. It's off to the side, so I guess if I don't, if I sort of, I don't know, deal with my mouth it's differently microf- or something. It's, yeah. it's the phone, too. So, all right, go ahead and give us your, uh, I don't think you gave us your overall convention thoughts. Go ahead and give us your overall convention thoughts. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I think there were a lot of, of miscues. No, 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 no. Like, uh, just give us your convention thoughts. Like, had, that Pharaoh had already asked you the question. So, my overall convention thoughts, and then just keep going. All right. All right. So, 